anybody can make a movie and it's just like a short little video or whatever and that can be seen by millions of people like things are changing constantly and you don't have to do things the way that they've been done in the past because nowadays we have so many opportunities that like if you want to be a filmmaker if you want to be a photographer social media makes it so much easier for you to do that and and you can get paid doing it it's all about finding different ways how to do things Welcome back to Creative Therapy. We are so excited for today's episode. This is the first of a three-part series called The Beginner Series. This series is really for absolute newbies who are interested in a creative career. A lot of the content we'll be talking about in this podcast is aimed at people who already have a creative career. So we wanted to start off by giving you tips, tricks, advice to help you in your creative career journey. Yeah, we also just wanted to provide you with some resources and personal experiences from ourselves and some of our friends so that if you're wanting to get into freelancing or creativity as a career path, you have all the resources that you need. Okay. Um, How are you, by the way? I'm better now after having that coffee. Dude, honestly, me too. I've had two cups of coffee today and maybe it was just the third one I needed to like fully wake me up. third yeah the one you made me was my third cup of coffee (laughs) i don't know i'm just on a coffee kick lately yeah so if i talk too fast i apologize in advance no you don't seem like you're if you seem very mellow right now so i don't think you're talking fast maybe i don't have anxiety today (laughs) (laughs) maybe i'm cured maybe i just you know relaxed (laughs) like everybody tells me to do they're like just relax you know you won't be anxious anymore have you ever tried just relaxing you know what maybe if you just like take a deep breath your anxiety will just disappear it's like there's this crazy thing that i do that like no one else does but you know like i just take a deep breath and it's just like fixes everything it's like have you ever heard of meditation (laughs) have you ever meditated you've never had childhood trauma okay right it's like i can meditate but uh that doesn't unhurt my feelings Anyway, um, I'm super excited about today's episode. Me too. We've been, I feel like we almost planned this like right when we thought of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited as well. I'm excited that we're kind of going to be talking to people who maybe like don't know where they're headed in life and maybe yeah. give them some insight. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. I feel like 2020 was like a really good rear good rear (laughs) a good year (laughs) to rediscover like your passions and the things that you really loved to do like I know you had talked about this a lot like how quarantine was really like helping you figure out your priorities and Mm -hmm. I feel like it helped me also realize what I wanted out of my freelance career and it made me like slow down a lot I'm just really excited to help people that maybe have thought about getting into freelancing, but like, just don't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. I'm excited too. I'm excited for us to talk about like our experiences, like you said, Mm -hmm. and just like everything that we've learned. Cause I feel like we think that maybe we haven't experienced that much, but we actually have made a lot of mistakes. So if I can help anyone like not make those mistakes or like maybe double check what they're doing, think twice, like, that would be huge yeah, if we could do totally. that for somebody. Yeah. So today I think like talking about the difference between a creative career and a creative passion is a really good place to start, especially like if you are thinking of getting into freelancing, understanding the difference between the two of those is really crucial. I feel like my biggest mistake was not differentiating the two. And mm-hmm. it took me a really, really long time for me to realize that like my passions for my creativity and my passions for my career were actually totally different. Oh, yeah, I forgot we have a fan on. Do you think that was, like, making noise? Probably, but I think it's fine. Okay. I think it's fine. It's cool. I think these first couple episodes will be a little bit imperfect. That's okay. Until until we get, like, this new mic set up, because apparently our mic set up isn't good enough. But, um, (laughs) no, I, I agree. I think that 
it's also really interesting because we both have like completely different experiences and backgrounds, but we both agree that like there is a huge difference. And I've seen just so many people live different lives than me and do different things. And I've seen a lot of people specifically like who I went to college with and we all kind of were pursuing the same creative pursuits as like our full-time job. And now we're all in different places. I'm the only one who's still in the film industry, Mm -hmm. but that I don't really necessarily think that that means that I was successful because I'm kind of realizing that maybe that's not what I want to do. And a lot of people just ended up not going in that way at all, finding different paths. So I just love that we're talking about like how people have options yeah, and what those options are. Yeah. I love that too. So I want to hear from your perspective, like what falls under a creative career and what have you seen? Like, what have you experienced as a creative career? What have you seen other people do as a creative career? Yeah, there are so many different creative careers. The film industry is my background, and that has a million different departments and positions and different routes you can go within that. And maybe one day we'll have a separate podcast on that. But also there is content creation, which is another kind of umbrella that within that can have a million different routes that you take. You could be a photographer working on a freelance basis, just doing portraits, doing products, so many different avenues you can take there as well. What are some other ones that you would say? I feel like social media management and strategy is more creative than I thought it would be. That's kind of where I'm currently sitting in my career is doing a lot of social media strategy and content strategy. And I've noticed that my background in photography and content creation has helped me so much in that space because like the same marketing trends and ways that you would typically market your business like five to 10 years ago just don't work anymore because the landscape is so totally different. And if you understand the value of content and how far it can go, I think it makes a huge impact with just marketing in general. And I think if you are any type of creative freelancer, you are doing some level of marketing and promoting your services. But there's also like some of the more like classical arts, like pottery and illustration. And I just think that If you're in a place where you feel that you're being creative in any way and like making something out of nothing, like that kind of falls under that creative career umbrella. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I agree with you. I think there's so many different umbrellas. Some other ones are anything in kind of audio, music. Also, that can be a full-time freelance career, like our friend Pat, who did Mm -hmm. our intro, which we'll have on the podcast here soon. But then also designers of Mm -hmm. all different kinds, web designers, graphic designers. There are so many different kinds of creative careers that you can have. And we are going to kind of talk a little bit about what that process is like, but also the difference between a creative career and a creative passion. Yeah. I feel like, you know, there are so many different avenues for creativity in terms of a career path, but in order to be able to decide what direction you want to go and which path is best for you, I think you kind of have to go through this process of checking in with yourself to know if it's a good fit or not for an actual creative career. Exactly. And and the whole point of this beginner series is really for people out there who are kind of right at the beginning of wanting to start a creative career. This is your how-to guide. Mm-hmm. And so the whole point of this episode is really to show you the different creative pursuits you can go into and some advice that we think um, can help you go in that direction. And again, exactly like you said, you really kind of have to think about like, what is it that you want to do? But also there is a big difference between something that you want to get paid to do that is going to be your full-time job and kind of consume your life and maybe something that you want to just do as a hobby. How did you know that you wanted to be a photographer as a career, make money doing that? And then how has that process been that you don't really do that anymore as much. When I first started photography, like I started very young. Like I remember I got my first camera when I was like seven and I've just been photographing ever since. And it was a really good outlet for me emotionally. And a lot of people saw like my talent and saw the emotion that I was pouring into it and they could tell that it was a passion. And I felt like so many people told me you should do this professionally. And so I did. And I was like, yeah, like if I'm really good at this and I love it, I want to do this every day. Um, And then I quickly realized that being a creative freelancer really is like 20% creating and 80% business. 
And I found it really limiting to market myself as a photographer. I, I feel like I have so many different skills in so many different areas that I can offer help that just pigeonholing myself to photography only, not only was like incredibly financially stressful because I was monetizing my joy, but also it was just not as fulfilling as I thought it would be. It was like really draining, um, really stressful because I was constantly thinking who's going to be the next client and constantly also taking on work that I really didn't like simply because I had to pay my bills. And I think that was also like a combination of me not charging enough and not knowing my worth at the time, but it gave me a very clear indicator that maybe this is not what I actually want to do as a creative career, but instead it's like a passion of mine that I kind of hold to my heart. What about you though? What's your experience with like creativity? I think that's what a lot of freelancers kind of go through after they've been doing this for a while. I see so many people eventually face like a creative burnout where they are so excited to be working in a creative field and being creative every single day. But that is very taxing on you emotionally and mentally. And so I see a lot of people doing the same thing where after a while they're like, oh, I don't know if I wanted to do this as my job because I used to love this. Now I hate it. Mm -hmm. For me, my experience was not at all similar. <laughs> my experience was I went into the film industry to pursue that creative path because I wanted to be creative. But instead, I found that it wasn't at all creative. And I think a lot of people kind of have that same experience where they will go after something and realize it's not what they thought it was. Kind of like what you said that you found out that photography was like 20% creative, 80% business. That is a lot of the case. When I started in the film industry and still even now, I wanted to you know, create stories and, and create visuals and all this stuff. And I realized, long story short, that unless you are like the top, you're just helping someone else's vision. So like you'll be a PA on set, just like grabbing things for people, or you'll just be working on equipment, doing technical things for people. And a lot of it isn't as creative as you think. A lot of it is just doing busy work or running errands for people or maybe doing a lot of admin work and stuff like that. Like I've ended up working in the office of productions, which I thought would help me be a producer. But instead I just learned office work. Like it's funny, like I went to the film industry because I didn't want to get a regular like nine to five. And I ended up with a regular nine to five, like having to do all this like accounting stuff. And I'm like, how did I end up here? But where that led me is realizing that I definitely have a separation between what I want to do for work and what I want to do creatively. And I, I always want my work to have a creative component because we're creative people. That's why we have this podcast. But when it comes to like photography and, and creating videos and creative narratives and creating all this visual stuff, really, I, I want to have that be like an artistic outlet for myself. And I've realized at this point in my life, I don't really want to get paid to do that because it takes a lot of the joy out of it. Yeah. Did that make sense? That makes okay. a lot of sense. Um, and I think that it, as you were talking, it made me think about like a really important question to be asking yourself is, am I okay monetizing this? I think that a lot of times we think, of course, I want to make money off of my creativity, but asking yourself, am I okay if somebody else calls the shots for what this looks like? Exactly. Um, especially if you're working with brands, because a lot of times you can come in with a really cool concept, but the person that's going to be making those decisions is e either the founder of the brand or their marketing people or whoever it is, mm -hmm. they're going to be making the final call on what it is you're actually creating. And if you're not cool with that, then maybe it's not necessarily like the right path for you. And there's a different avenue that you might want to take. So I just know like me personally, like my photography is very personal. It's like a really emotional experience for me to be creative in that way. I invest a lot emotionally and mentally into cultivating a good team and telling stories like you're, you're saying. But I didn't really like the experience of doing that with brands because while I could tell the story of a brand, it wasn't really up to my interpretation. So the only times that I really like creating content for brands is when I'm working really closely like with their strategy and their marketing team. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I think that's so important as a beginner to understand because that's something that I didn't know in the beginning. And I understand now that there are definitely specific ways you could be in the industry you want to be in and work 
in that creative aspect that you want to work. And we can talk about that a little bit later. It's like, we found different ways to do that. But a lot of times when you're starting out, you are working as someone else's assistant or whatever and doing what someone else wants you to do. It's really hard for you to start off right away, calling all the shots and also getting paid to do that. It's a lot of people still don't even have that, but that's not meant to like deter anyone and not unmotivate people. There's definitely ways to do it, but it's not easy. If it was easy, every single person would be doing it because it's like for some people, it's the best job ever. But definitely as a beginner, it's really important to understand that when you're starting out, it might not be as creative as you think it is. You might have to go a couple years without it being as creative as you think before you get there. But we'll definitely talk a little bit about like how to find that environment Mm -hmm. that works for you. And that is what you want it to be. So you're not spending years in an industry thinking it's one thing and then it ends up like not really being what you thought it was at all. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like that kind of leads us to our next point is like understanding not only the environment, but the team that you're working with and whether you prefer to work with a team or work alone. And I think that that can kind of go hand in hand with like whether or not you choose to be a solo freelancer or if you want to work in a collective or you want to work with an agency, there's a lot of different creative paths And I think freelancing obviously is like what we have chosen for ourselves. And I personally think has the most opportunity and money in it, Mm -hmm. but really trying to ask yourself, do I want to work like alone? Do I want to be calling all the shots or do I want to have a more collaborative experience with others? We can't tell anybody what creative path is best for you. Like nobody can make that decision except for you. And it takes asking these hard questions, like asking yourself these questions and turning inward and saying, what do I want? What is my vision for my future? Because I think like when I was freelancing, I started like looking up to see like what everybody else was doing. And I was looking to everybody else for guidance and trying to figure out the right way to go about it. And had I just tuned into my intuition a little bit sooner and listened to myself sooner, I probably would have made it a lot further in my business a lot earlier. Exactly. And I think that's something that I did too. Everybody did that. Whenever I first started, I just really wanted to create. And so I thought that kind of the best way to do that, because I loved films and like videos and stuff like that, is like I was going to be a videographer. And that's what I saw people doing. And it was really romanticized at the time. And I started it and I tried to do it by myself. And it was so hard. And I hated it because A, first of all, you need all this very expensive equipment that I didn't have. And then you need to know how to work all that equipment. And when you're a videographer, most of the time you're a one person team. And I just really wasn't good at it. And I hated the experience. And now years later, I realize it's because I want to work in a team. Mm-hmm. I do love creating visuals and I do love creating video, but I'm more of an ideas person. I'm more of a leader of a group and I'm really good at helping other people and encouraging other people and coming up with a big picture and ideas and how things work together. And I found a way of doing that, that really helped me thrive. And it wasn't by doing it alone. Mm -hmm. But again, it's like, I started doing that because everybody else was doing that. And I thought that I was just a failure because I wasn't good at it. The important thing that everyone should understand is like, no one's bad at everything. Like everyone's good at stuff, but no one's perfect at everything. You just kind of have to find what you might have like a natural talent for or what you're interested in Mm -hmm. and then follow that. That actually reminds me of something that I had heard a long time ago when I was first getting into like my self-care and like really starting to think about myself for the first time in my life. (laughs) And something that somebody had said, I think it was like on a podcast or something random. I don't even know who it was at this point, but she had said, chase your curiosities. Like if you don't know what you want to do and you don't know what you're interested in. Cause I, I've definitely been in that place where I'm like, I don't have any talents. I don't have any gifts. I'm not interested in anything, which really I was just depressed, but going in and asking yourself, what is curious to me? What am I interested in? And being able to open up the doors of curiosity and being okay with being bad at things. Like you're saying, you have to fail so many times before you're actually good at something And as a perfectionist, like that is the most terrifying thing to hear because I hate failing at stuff, but it truly is the only way to progress forward. And looking back on my work from 10 years ago and looking at my work now, there's such a massive shift and change because I was consistent with it and, you know, being consistent with chasing after what you're interested in, what your curiosities are and being willing to like either keep going after it if you really enjoy it and love it, even if you're bad at it. 
until you get better or saying, you know, maybe this isn't what I wanted, but it was a cool ride to check it out for a little bit. Exactly. Because that's another thing too, as a beginner, you should be trying out a bunch of different things. Like you should be asking yourself the questions to make sure you're being intentional, but you really should try a bunch of different things to figure out what you like to do. Because really, I I can't even say this enough. It's just like most of the things that you try in a creative career are not what you think they are in the end. Like if you want to be a photographer, so much of that is working with brands. Mm -hmm. And you might not think that. You might think like, oh, well, I just really like taking pictures of people. And I just thought I would be working with just models all the time. It's like, no, you're going to be working with a client who wants very specific photos. And a lot of times they just want the most cookie cutter stuff. Are you okay with that? Are you okay with doing the same thing over and over and over again? And same thing with video. A lot of times people just want the same thing over and over and over again. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you need to understand that like that's going to be your job a lot of the time. And are you okay with that? Yeah, definitely. That's like the big question. If this is what it is, like, are you okay with it? And it's okay to pivot too. Like I, when I first started photography, I wanted to be a wedding photographer. Like I wanted to do these luxury weddings and do all of this stuff. And then I was like, wait, no, I don't. I want to do elopements. And then I was like, I'm an elopement photographer. And then I was like, oh no, I don't. I want to be a fashion photographer. And then I went into fashion photography. And then I was like, no, I don't want that. I want beauty photography. And it took so many different iterations of chasing after my curiosities within my own industry to figure out exactly what I wanted. And it took me exhausting all those different avenues of photography and the potential ways to make money there for me to say, actually, I don't want to make money off of photography. I would much rather work really closely with brands and help them build out their identity and create things with intention and start with the strategy and then create for them rather than just coming in and working with their marketing team and just they call the shots and I just show up and do my job and leave because something that is important to me is connecting with other people and being really intentional with that. And it took a lot of time of me saying, this isn't working. I got to try something different. And I did that for like eight or nine years until I figured out what I actually wanted to do. I think that's something that so many people go through, but I think the way that you went about it was the exact correct way to do it is to just keep keep trying stuff. And then in the end, you realize, oh my God, I don't even want to do what I thought I wanted to do. And maybe you would have known that earlier if you had let go of that. And I think that's another thing that we all get tied into. I know there's a huge problem for me where for the longest time, I couldn't leave the film industry. Like this year, I'm still technically working in the film industry, but I've decided it's going to be my last year because it's just not mentally good for me. But it's this idea of like, I've put so much effort into this and like you attach your identity to this career, which 2020 was the biggest year for me emotionally because I realized how silly it was to attach yourself to a career or to a title. I spent years climbing up the ladder in the film industry because I really wanted to create visuals. Like when I watch movies and TV shows and any kind of videos or even look at photos, I am so attached to the story and I wanted anything to do with that. And then the older I get, the more I realized what I loved about it, what I wanted to be a part of and really chase that feeling that I had. But it's been so many years now and I finally have come to the realization that the way that I was trying to reach my goal is not the way that I should have been. So I'm almost starting over because I had a similar thing to you where for years I worked in the film industry working for other people. I worked on really large TV shows and movies, which sounds great, but I had nothing to do with the end product. And I didn't realize like how much I hated that. Like I would just show to an office every day. It's like, oh, you're working on this TV show, but I had nothing to do with the creativity, with the story. I had no input into it. But after all this time, I've just realized that I would rather work in a smaller team where I get a say in the end result rather than working on a bigger show. And I think a lot of people fall into that, especially in the film industry, where they think the end goal is to work on a big show. Otherwise, you're not really a filmmaker. Like if you're only working in indie or even smaller than that, and you're just working on like small projects, you haven't quote unquote made it yet. Like I think that's a lot of the opinions of people, but I I think it's absolutely ridiculous because I would rather work on something completely unknown. That's really small knit team, but we're all really proud of what we're doing and we all get a say in it. That to me is what I realized I've been chasing for years and I wasn't getting it in the big time film industry. 
So it's kind of like that same thing where it's like try things, but you need to be open to when things aren't working because you can waste years if you're not willing to let go and say, this isn't what I thought it was and that's okay. I'm going to do something else. But I think we let other people's opinions get to us too. It's like, well, what will they say if I stop being a photographer? What will they say if I quit the film industry? And then I like start over doing something else. Like what will people say? But it doesn't really matter. You have to be like open to how you feel in these different situations and if it's working or not working. Such a long tangent. I hope that expressed what I was trying to express. (laughs) Yeah, that made a lot of sense. And I liked what you had said about how, like, you would much rather work with, like, a smaller team than on this large production. And it reminds me of an experience that my friend Daniela Lekowicz told me about. Shout out to her. I love her. But she was saying that she had booked this – she's an actress, and she had booked this voiceover for a big company, and she was really excited about it. And then she booked a – uh, lead role on an indie film and it was a much smaller budget much smaller team totally different experience and when we were talking about it she's like yeah like the corporate thing was nice and it was cool to be able to do such a big project but it wasn't like what I really loved and my experience working with this indie team it was like so beautiful it was everything that I ever wanted to experience with my acting career and I was like man that is tuning into your intuition and really listening to yourself and saying is this bringing me joy is this bringing me emotional fulfillment is this bringing me like financial stability and like those things can be in conflict with each other like sometimes the things that are emotionally fulfilling don't bring you financial stability most of the time they don't yeah like 90% of the time they don't but that just means okay like I found the thing that is emotionally fulfilling and maybe that's something that like I want to focus a ton of my attention on and instead get my financial security from another avenue and that's totally fine like Mm -hmm. just because you're really passionate about something doesn't mean that it has to be your creative career but just what you had said was something that like it reminded me of her experience and Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people share that perspective of getting into an industry or getting a really big job with a big client and then realizing oh like this isn't as cool as I thought it was going to be Exactly. And I think that's like the opposite of what we're told, right? It's like, oh, here's the ladder. This is the direction up the ladder. But that's not how life goes. It's like winding and turning. And sometimes you're going to go backwards and forwards. And also what you think is the way forward is actually the way backwards and all this stuff. And I think the biggest thing as you're listening to this podcast is to understand like just whatever you think, you know, just throw that out the window because it's like it's all about like what's right for you. And no one can tell you that. And people might try to tell you things. Things and I, people are probably going to judge you if you go down a route that maybe not a lot of people go down, but it doesn't matter what they think. Because also things have changed so much just in like the past 10 years. Like I remember when I started in the film industry, it was again like the biggest way to get up the the latter was to go on these big shows and big movies and big whatever because they were on TV and that's what everyone was watching. But like f- specifically for this industry, like I mean, TikTok is huge now. Anybody can make a movie and it's just like a short little video or whatever. And that can be seen by millions of people. Like things are changing constantly and you don't have to do things the way that they've been done in the past. Because nowadays we have so many opportunities that like, if you want to be a filmmaker, if you want to be a photographer, social media makes it so much easier for you to do that. And, and you can get paid doing it. It's all about finding different ways how to do things. And I think that can, um, bring us into our next point of like how to kind of get into these industries in different ways to go after these creative careers. I think the way that I got into the industry worked really well for me and what I was trying to accomplish. Like I really wanted to be working in the fashion industry. Once I started freelancing, I decided like, yes, I want to be a fashion photographer. And so I had interned under literally the only fashion photographer in all of Augusta, Georgia, where I used to live. He was like the only one. And uh, his name is Chris. And I interned under him for about a year. And I learned so much from him and his wife, um, a makeup artist, because it taught me not only like the technical aspects of photography, like I picked up a lot on like lighting and understanding how to photograph people, but it also taught me so much about creating a comfortable atmosphere because they had such an intimate team. It was just Chris and his wife. And like that, whenever their clients would come in, whenever models that they would shoot with come in, it would usually just be like them too. And then like me as their assistant or like a handful of other people, but they always kept it really intimate and cared so much about like keeping people comfortable 
And I remember one time, I think I was like 17 when I started interning for him and we were on set with somebody and the person that we were photographing was talking about something like really inappropriate and his wife like closed the door and told me to leave. And she's like, honestly, this is like inappropriate conversation for you to hear. And I care about you. Like I'm going to create a safe space for you to be over here. And I felt like that was such an impactful experience to have for my first time interning under somebody. Um, and I feel really fortunate for that because I know that like a lot of internships typically don't go that way. I'm so glad you mentioned that. And that's something that we're going to talk about in the third and last episode of this series of how to be safe and all of that stuff, because that is so true. Whenever you're first starting out, that's something that people really don't tell you, but you really have to just in general as a beginner or wherever, whatever stage you are in, you need to remember that you need to look out for yourself and just be really aware of your surroundings and aware of what people are asking of you. And if you're just not comfortable, you don't have to do anything you're not comfortable with. Totally. And I think also like being willing to say, you know, I need to step out for a minute. Like if somebody's making you uncomfortable or like somebody is talking about something that you're not comfortable about, it's okay to walk away from it and say, do you mm-hmm. know what? I need to go get some fresh air or I need to make a call real quick or something just to get yourself out of the environment so that you can reset your headspace. I think in creative careers, especially, it can be really easy to get taken advantage of. And there is a lot of predatory behavior. When I was working in Atlanta, like I saw it so much out there for some reason. I don't know why that was, but there was like a lot of predatory photographers and freelance people. And yeah, I just think that it's something that is like, it's important to look out for yourself and be really mindful of the dangers out there, but don't like stop. Don't let that stop you from like wanting to pursue it, but just be aware of it so that you weren't walking in blind to a situation that could be potentially harmful. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And as far as like my experience first getting into the industry, and I know that there's so many different ways you can do things and ours are a little bit more specific to what our background is in because some other ways you could really get your foot in the door is just giving away free stuff. If you're creating products or anything like that, or starting like a side gig while you have a full-time job. But the way I started was in college as an internship. And I think that is a good option for a lot of people as well. And it's kind of similar to assisting or shadowing someone. I found film classes in my college, which I also think is a really great way for people to start. Even if you're not in school, you can take community college classes without necessarily being enrolled as a full-time student, I think. And there are a lot of community colleges that offer film classes and have equipment, and I'm sure they have the same for photography as well. So I found some film classes in my college, and that led me to a lot of opportunities on set and internships in production houses because the people who were teaching those classes oftentimes had connections in the real world. And then I was able to work as a PA on set and work my way up. And it's really a lot of these creative industries are kind of like who you know and your connections. And I mean, my mentor used to tell me this all the time. It's like your network is everything. And that's I see that so much now that I'm older, but it's really like who you are as a person is going to be your biggest selling factor in any aspect, because especially in these type of industries, most people who start out don't have any skill set and that's okay. They're not expecting you to. They just need someone who they don't mind working with, like that they can hang out with for 12 hours or whatever it is and teach you. And they don't mind teaching you because you're a cool person or you're nice. So that's how I started out. And then it's just like word of mouth. And then I picked up things and I can talk all about like how to start being a PA because there's so many specific things that I can give advice on. But I think just as a general start, doing that is a really good option. And then even looking around kind of like how you did searching for nearby production houses or production companies and um, emailing them and asking them if they need any interns is really good as well. Or even this is something that I've never done, but I feel like in this day and age, this would be an awesome thing to do. Just DMing like videographers or directors or any kind of like maybe more like indie filmmakers uh, or people in the film industry on Instagram and just DMing them and be like, Hey, do you need any like help or anything like that? Because who would say no to like free help, especially hopefully you can get paid for a lot of these things, but I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. If you're absolutely just starting out, maybe do one or two free gigs until you get to know some things and build up a skill set, And then after that, you can get paid for, because even as a PA, which is the lowest in film industry, you're still getting paid. 
So I think you should be paid for these things. But in the beginning, you might do some free work. Yeah. Yeah. I liked what you said about like reaching out directly to people. That's actually what exactly what I did with Chris. I sent him an email and I was like, Hey, I'm a new photographer. I don't really know what I'm doing. I love your work. I am not asking for anything other than to just watch you do what you do. And I'm willing to help you. All I want is experience and the ability to work under you. And honestly, if anybody is like in Austin and they want to shadow somebody like hit me up, I'm always like down to let people shadow me and see what I do. But I also thought it was really interesting what you had said about like getting the getting paid versus not getting paid. Like for a lot of my internships, they were unpaid. Like my first one with Chris, I I don't think I got paid for. And then when I started interning in Atlanta, I worked under another fashion photographer named Rich and he told me something that I thought that I've like carried with me forever. He said, if I'm getting paid, my team's getting paid. And so if he would do a lot of like test shoots for modeling agencies, just to get his foot in the door, or I think he used to work for a modeling agency. So he did a lot of shoots for them. And, you know, I would come in and I would assist for free on those. But like when he got booked for a client, he would call me and he'd be like, Hey, like this client hit me up. And sometimes I would go in and I would still expect to not get paid. And then at the end of the day, he would pay me and he'd be like, listen, I got paid, you get paid. And that's something that I try to do every time that I have assistance. If I'm getting paid for something, I always try to pay my team. And even if I can't pay you, I always try to reimburse people for gas or like food or something because it shouldn't cost you anything to intern for people or to assist for people. If anybody ever asks you like pay me so that you can assist me, don't do that. That's a huge red flag. To me personally, like I don't really think that you should be paying anyone to go and help them and do work for them unless they are doing very intense like one-on-one training or coaching or something like that. I 100% agree. I think personally, and I I really love how this is like a lot of industries are changing and kind of headed more towards like, I mean, I remember when all internships were unpaid and now it's kind of like... I don't know if it's illegal, but it's it's kind of the standard that a lot of internships are paid now and you're not really allowed to do unpaid work. And I love that mindset because I definitely think that I hate how it's kind of taboo to expect payment. It's almost like because you're in the creative industry, like you should just be thankful that you're doing this work and you should just be so lucky that you get to work with me and do this role. I think that's ridiculous because every single person needs to get paid. We need to pay our bills. We need to eat. Like it, we shouldn't be lucky to get paid. I think it's a right for us to make money. I just think that everyone should be paid, even if you're an assistant. And I have been in situations similar where people weren't getting paid that much, if anything, or they were just getting reimbursed. And I always felt so uncomfortable in those situations. And that's kind of why I've left previous jobs because I was uncomfortable with that. And my thought process is if you don't have enough money with this job that you're doing to pay someone, then you're not doing things correctly and you're not asking for enough money from the client or the client shouldn't even be hiring you to do this work. And obviously it's different if everyone's doing, you know, a passion project or something like that. Like I've worked with nonprofits where it was a free job and everybody did it for the nonprofit and that's beautiful. And if you're into nonprofit work and you want to do that, I think that's great. I think that's a different story. But if you're doing work, especially for a brand, a company that you know makes so much money off what you're creating, you should be paid. Totally. I mean, look, I think it was like Nike's marketing budget for 2020 was literally like $30 million or something ridiculous like that. Like people, these major companies have a ton of money to invest in marketing because they know that it's bringing them a return on their investment. Let's talk about Nike real quick. I worked in a Nike commercial. The production company that they hired, I swear to God, good thing I don't know what this production company's name because I'm about to talk so much shit about them. But these (laughs) moments in life make me realize like I can literally do what these people are doing because they're doing a terrible job. But I worked as a art PA on a Nike commercial, but I literally had like three different jobs like on a set. Every set's different depending on the size of it, but usually there are different roles for the following things. There's someone who's called like a picture car coordinator or whatever. And they're the somebody who finds like unique cars or vehicles that are um, going to be on camera in a commercial or a movie or whatever. I had to do that 
And that's literally a different job. Like an art PA has no business doing that because that position is an entire position. And I know this for a fact because I know somebody who has that job and I called them and they're like, Hey, I have to do this stuff. Can you help me? And they're like, Oh yeah, they called me for that. And they didn't want to pay my rate. A. Also B, I ended up doing a bunch of different stuff where I had to go buy props and all this stuff. And again, like that's a position, a prop buyer is a different position. So this production company was able to like cut so many corners, save so much money by having me as the RPA do so much stuff. And it was absolutely ridiculous because it was for a Nike commercial, like a big Nike commercial. But that's kind of like what production companies will do. That's why these big companies will often like, they'll hire a production company and production companies will pitch. And it's like whoever has the best pitch. But this production company also did so many things wrong where the director was also the owner of the production company. And I was finding cars, right? Like that was one of the things I was doing. And a friend of mine had this like 1980s cool, like muscle truck. And I was like, hey, want to make some extra money? Have them use it for this cool Nike commercial. That's cool, right? And he also works in the industry. So he's like, yeah, you can use my truck. Like I actually know everybody's working on set. So he showed up on set. He's like, hey, what's going on, everyone? They destroyed his truck. Tell me why they had stunt drivers because it was supposed to be like a cool little like stunt like you know they're supposed to swerve the car a little bit and then stop it like you see in any commercial it's just kind yeah, of like cool the drift little, but it's also just like it was supposed to be anything crazy it's not a freaking car commercial it's a nike commercial destroyed their car their truck not because of the commercial but because between takes the stunt driver literally was driving the car in circles on two wheels on on literally like flipped over on two wheels just driving fucking around with it because they were being egged on by the director also there was a scene where they had a professional football player who was supposed to throw a football like at the back of the truck and make it like go through the truck i don't know what the the gag was but basically like we were going to put some like fake glass in or something like that all of the people on set like all the cast the directors the ad everybody was having turns just throwing footballs at the truck literally like all over the truck like people who don't know how to throw a football and literally my friend i feel so embarrassed that i put him in this position Speaking of which, if anyone ever tries to use anything of yours, like your house or your car for a movie or TV show, literally they'll destroy it. Like no matter how much money, like don't ever let anyone use your house. Like honestly, anyone in the industry kind of knows that because it's not worth it. It's going to be destroyed. But like he was literally on set for all this. The funniest thing ever was after all of this, all these people, like the production was like calling me. He's like, you had him sign like a contract, right? You had him sign all this stuff, right? And I'm like, you literally had an art PA find you a truck. I have no idea what I'm doing. Contract what? You should have told me this beforehand. I have no idea what I'm doing. There's no contracts. There's no paperwork. But because they didn't know who they were messing with, I got a contract. And I was like, hey, here's a contract to my friend. You want to go ahead and sign this? Oh, and don't forget to sign that part that says that you need to get your truck in as good condition or better back. Otherwise, they're going to be paying for any damages. Like I specifically wrote something in the contract that said like, oh, by the way, if you do anything to this truck, you're covering all this stuff. He ended up like getting so much money for this because and then he ended up like fixing his truck and even like getting better stuff. So it ended up working out for him. But literally this company like, oh, my God, I just had to talk about that because these are some things that actually happen in the industry. Like you think like, oh, I'm on a Nike commercial. Everything's great. So many of these companies, regardless of what the name is on there, are shady, are doing shady stuff. They're they're looking out for themselves. They're not looking out for anybody else. Like literally my friend's truck, if anybody else had done that, he could have gotten screwed because of the way that they were doing things. It was only because I now had a contract that he signed that we also signed that specifically said that they had to fix his truck was the only way that they got it fixed. So many things were wrong with that commercial. I literally couldn't believe it. That's so crazy. I guess that the moral of that story is people on large budget production sets are not as professional as they think they are. And also these big ass companies are looking for any way to cut a corner. Which is so sad because like you have all like again, like you just said how big their marketing budget was and they went with a production company that just clearly was selling them on a really, really low budget. Otherwise, like why would they only hire such a small team for the art department to the point where I had to do like four different jobs? Totally. And I think that that also brings up 
a, a good point of if you're being asked to do multiple jobs, like you need to ask for more money. Mm-hmm. And, and if you are capable of doing multiple jobs, do it. Like I will absolutely do makeup and photography, but I charge for makeup and photography. I don't charge it just like one flat rate. You have me for the whole day. It's something that you have to be mindful of. Yes, there are other positions. This is a whole ass position that people can get paid for. This is like a whole full-time job and account for that and say, hey, I'm willing to do all of this extra work, but I need to be compensated for that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've definitely been in positions as well where like I had to do you know, so many different jobs. Like for example, at Blended Sense, you know, I came in and I started doing production and stuff. I came in as a producer and I had to end up doing like five or six other jobs that I wasn't getting compensated for because I didn't speak up for myself. I didn't speak up for myself when it mattered and when it came to time to negotiate my salary at the beginning. And that's when you need to really talk about it because if you try to talk about it after the fact and say, hey, I did all this work for you, now pay up, they're going to say, well, I mean, you already agreed to a rate that we set at the beginning, so we're not going to do that. Yeah, exactly. And I know this can all sound really intimidating, especially if you're an absolute beginner, but we're going to have plenty of episodes that are going to come out that's going to talk about all this stuff, like talking about what salaries people have, what to ask for, and even episode all about like boundaries and how to ask for your worth. So we'll give you all of the information to really help you on this journey. But as far as to wrap it up and what we were talking about, there is a difference between knowing when to work for free and when not. And at the end of the day, something I think we're going to talk about a lot is you really need to listen to your gut and what you're comfortable with and also be honest with yourself as well. Like if you've never done anything in this creative pursuit that you're trying to pursue and you immediately start to ask for a really big amount, that's probably just not realistic. So you really just have to kind of check in with yourself, see what you're comfortable with, see what makes sense. But absolutely, you can find opportunities where you don't have to work for free in the beginning. Yeah. Those options. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think there there are benefits to working for free, like when it makes sense for you to work for free. The times that I will be willing to work for free is if I'm trying to get my foot in the door with a brand that I really want to work with, but I'm not going to give them a whole shoot or like a bunch of strategy for free. I offer something really small that shows my value. I think Bon Bon Creative on Instagram, she did, she created this really good Instagram post about like why you shouldn't work for free and instead what you should ask for. Or if you are giving up something for free, like only give up like literally three photos or something like that, especially if people are going to be using it for marketing purposes. But I think that, you know, being able to ask for rates and being able to work for free, it really depends on the person and it depends on the industry. Something that I definitely started doing is that when people approached me and asked me to do something for free, I would sleep on it. I wouldn't say anything at first. Or if they asked me to work for a really low rate, I would say, do you know what? I need to think about this. Let me get back to you. Because there have definitely been times when someone kind of caught me off guard or they said, hey, this is a really great opportunity. And they sold me on something. And then when I really thought about it critically and was like, wow, is this actually beneficial for me? I realized, no, I'm actually going to be losing money if I take on this project. Um, Mm -hmm. So definitely take your time when it comes to working for free and check in with yourself constantly to say, is this worth it to me? Because the last thing that you want to do is say, yeah, I'm willing to do this work for free. And then you find yourself spending $300 on the props and the location and all of the different things that you need to make it happen. Exactly. And I think going along with what you're saying, there are also, I can't imagine a situation. And and again, I don't want to speak for everything because if you're comfortable with this, okay. I really wouldn't ever take a project where not only was I not making any money, but I was spending all my money and it wasn't my project. Like they say that, you know, if you're a PA and if you're not making any money, even if you are making money, you should never spend your own money because that's just a rule of thumb. No one should be asking you to spend your own money unless again, like if this is a specific case where like this is your project, but I think we're mainly talking about if you're working for somebody else right now. No one should be asking you to spend your own money. No one should be like, hey, can you just go get us some ice for this thing real quick? And you should be asking like, okay, yeah, what card can I use or whatever? Don't be like, oh, I don't want to cause any trouble, so I'll just pay for it. No, that is something that you should not do because those people aren't thinking about you. They're not thinking about like, oh, I got to make sure so-and-so gets reimbursed. No, they're going to forget about it because they're worried about their project that's more important than you, unfortunately. So you have to be like, whatever card you want me to use or whatever, like you should not be spending money for someone else's project in the beginning when you're starting out. Please do not let anyone think that you need to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. 
Yeah. And that kind of brings us into our next point is like trying to figure out like after you're asking yourself all these questions, like, is this bringing me energy or is it draining me with energy? Do I want to work in a team or do I want to work alone or do I want to do an internship or do I want to do like a free shoot for a friend to get experience? All of those questions can kind of help you figure out what type of work you want to do. Now that you understand all of the different ways that you can make a creative career work, now it's time to figure out like, is this coinciding with my creative passion? Because they aren't mutually exclusive. It might be your creative passion and your creative career. Or is this my creative career path and my creative passion is actually something different? Exactly. I think that's such an important thing for you to really ask yourself and be okay with, and just know that it could also look like completely different things. Like I think we'll have some guests on this podcast that started in one career and then they ended up realizing like, oh, I really love doing this instead. And that is what they're trying to pivot into, but they still have to do the other thing to pay the bills right now. But the other thing is really where their passion lies. I know for me personally, I'm still working in the film industry right now in kind of more of like an admin type role. Like it's not a creative job, but I realized that I really want to after I'm done with this, pursue creating films and movies. Like I used to used to direct short films and I really want to go back into that and find my love for that. And I realize I don't want to be paid to do that. I want that to be my creative outlet. Like that is something that I want to be an extension of who I am and how I communicate with the world. And I don't want to get paid for it, if anything, because I think that would compromise that. And it took me a long time for me. I'm trying to do the math in my head while I'm talking, but it's not going to happen. Like five years, it took me like five years to realize that. And that's okay. And I see a lot of people who are kind of afraid to make that decision for themselves. And it's funny because I like, I look at my sister and my sister is actually a really talented artist, like an illustrated artist. And she always has been ever since we were little. And I used to always tell her like, how am I pursuing a creative career? And you're not like, this should be your full-time job. You should have went to college for this. You should have done this. And I still kind of push her to monetize. But I remember like recently she told me, I don't really care about making money for that. Like she would only want it to make maybe some supplemental income, but she genuinely just enjoys doing that. And her full-time job is in science. She works like in a lab. It's so weird, but she likes that job because she doesn't really want like the stress of being a freelancer. She really just likes going to the lab and having a purpose and and feeling like she's contributing into society with sciences and like having kind of a repetitious job that she does like with her hands physically. And she's really happy doing that. And it actually inspired me to like back offer and be like, oh my God, not everyone has to monetize something that they're good at. If anything, that could ruin it for you. So I think it's really cool for you to like hear these stories and be like, is this me? Is this something that like, maybe I never want to make this my full-time job, or maybe I don't want to do it yet because I want to give myself some more time to really like get to know it and love it. And that's totally okay. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I kind of went through a similar process again, like with my photography, it took me a really long time to realize that like, I did not want to pursue that as a creative career. And it was hard to come to that decision. Like it kind of felt like a breakup with my photography career. And even though I'll still do it here and there, um, you know, for different clients and things like that, I'm really selective about the type of like content creation work that I actually bring on because I protect that so much because it is such a emotionally fulfilling experience for me. And I don't want it to be ruined by having to pay the bills and having to do things that I don't want to do simply because I need to make rent or whatever. The biggest thing to take away is a creative career we understand is something that's creative that you make money off of. And a creative passion is really like, you'll know when you feel it because it'll feel like a calling almost like you're addicted to it. Like if you weren't getting paid, you could spend all your time doing this. And I feel like some questions you can ask yourself to know if it's a passion is like, is this something that I could spend the rest of my life learning more about and never get tired of it? Is this something that I could do for hours if I didn't need to like 
sleep or eat or whatever? Could I do this without taking a break? If I could do this for the rest of my life and not worry about money, like if I won the lottery and I could choose how to spend my time, is this how I would do it? You feel good and energized doing it, not drained. It feels emotionally fulfilling. Like these are all passions. Like passions should ignite you. Um, You shouldn't dread the thought of having to do it. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say is a creative passion? Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think understanding that so many things can kill your passion, like that is another key takeaway is you might absolutely feel that you have your creative calling and you have your passion and that you know what you want to pursue, but also understanding what kills that passion and what kills that fire within you so that you know to avoid those things when it comes to your creative passion specifically. And again, like going back to my experience with photography, I asked myself, you know, am I okay with somebody else calling the shots on what my art looks like? Am I okay with allowing a brand or another creator to have a huge say in what my creative process looks like? Or am I okay with them determining what my process looks like? And I realized I wasn't. I have my process and that's the process I use. And the clients that come to me for photography are coming to me for that process. It's collaborative in the sense that we're collaborating on the visual aspects of it. But when it comes to the actual execution and making it happen, all of that is my process and what falls on me because that's what brings me the most joy. But yeah, with your passion, you're just a little bit more reserved with who you're allowing to come into that space. It's really important to protect your energy, especially when it comes to your creativity, because your creativity is something that is crucial. Like I believe everyone's a creative person and you either exercise your creativity or you don't. And if you want to exercise it all the time, do it. And if you love to do it as a career, do it. But if it doesn't feel good, maybe that specific creative career isn't for you and you should explore some other ones. Exactly. And I do want to just add like a little note that if you don't have a creative passion, like if there's nothing that you're really passionate about yet or maybe ever, that's okay. I definitely feel like everybody can have a passion, but I think that sometimes, especially nowadays, everyone's kind of obsessed with talking about passions and some people really feel like, well, am I a failure as a human being because I don't have a passion? No, like we're talking about a creative passion because a lot of people have it, but if you don't have something you're really passionate about, but you really just want to have a creative career, like I know plenty of people who maybe they just really like doing sound for films. Like they just like that job, but they're not passionate about it. That's totally fine. Again, at the end of the day, these are all questions you can only ask for yourself, but if you're not passionate about something, that's totally okay. Like you can still just want to do something or not want to do something else. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And it reminds me of another example of somebody who's kind of like that is our friend Nick. Like he is a video editor by day. That's what he does. And it's his creative career, but his passion is creating music videos Mm -hmm. and doing like surf videos and photography. And that's what his passion is. And he does want to pursue a career in that way. But right now he has like a creative day job that he enjoys. And it's, you know, they're not in conflict with one another because they're kind of feeding off of each other in a way. He's able Mm -hmm. to learn more about editing to help support his dream of, you know, pursuing his creative passion as a full-time career. So you absolutely can dabble in different creative paths and different creative careers to help you get closer to what your ultimate creative career goal is. Take a shot every time I say creative. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. All right. Well, I think that's a good place to end it on. I think we talked about everything we wanted to talk about and gave a lot of tips. And with every episode that we post, we're going to be giving resources that correlate with that episode. So check out the show notes and we'll be giving you guys a bunch of resources on how to find a job in a creative field. So make sure to check that out. For sure. And I also post a lot of stuff on my Instagram personally about finding creative paths, finding leads, how to get in contact with the brands that you want to work with, and also just like learning how to market yourself as a creative freelancer and a small business owner. Because if you are a creative freelancer, you are also a small business owner. So if you ever want to learn about anything like that, I post a lot of stuff like that on my socials. I am super grateful that we've, you know, had the opportunity to share our knowledge and our experience with other freelancers. You know, we've both been in our industries now for 10 years and Mm -hmm. I feel like we've learned so much within that time and there's a lot of things that we wish we knew at the beginning. And Mm -hmm. so I'm excited that we're able to share the things that we wish we knew 10 years ago with you guys. 
Exactly. And as always, um, you know, we're here. If you guys need anything, like feel free to like reach out. We really want to make this a community. We don't want to just talk to you. We really want to talk with people. So if you feel called to talk to us, talk to us, please. (laughs) Definitely. So we can just, you know, see what your feedback is and um, what your experiences are like, because like Laird just said, this is absolutely a community and we can learn so much from you guys, just like you can learn from us. I believe everybody has wisdom to share. Thank you so much for listening to the first part of our beginner series. We're so excited to bring you the next two episodes where we talk more about finding your niche and also how to stay safe in the industry. We also have some fantastic guests coming up, but if you have any suggestions, questions, or future guests that you'd like us to feature on the podcast, please make sure that you reach out to us directly at the creative therapy podcast on Instagram, or you can send us an email at the creative therapy podcast at gmail.com. Your feedback and support helps us create better and better episodes. And again, we're all about the community and making sure that you're getting the most value that you can possibly get from us. And now it is time to announce the first winner of our three-part giveaway. Congratulations to Bethany Souk. We are so excited for you. You have just won a lifetime membership to Open Path Collective, where you're now going to be able to find discounted therapy between $30 and $60 per session. And it's going to make it way more accessible and easier for you. And then on top of that, you're going to be getting a passion planner or a manifestation journal. If you're not sure which one you want, feel free to ask us questions and we can help you figure it out. But reach out to us on Instagram or in the email and we'll coordinate it and make sure that it's all handed off to you. If you're sad that I did not announce your name and you're still wanting an opportunity to win therapy or passion planner or a manifestation journal, make sure that you do leave us a review, not just a rating and write out what you found valuable from our episodes. And for an extra entry, you can share our podcast to your story. Just make sure that you tag us so that we know that you shared it. So you have two more opportunities to win this open path membership or one of the journals. We're going to be announcing the next two on the next two episodes of our beginner series. Thank you guys so much. And I'll see you in therapy. Mm -hmm.